Welcome back to the Level Podcast Season 3. Today I am interviewing Nuno Maruro. It's so hard to say. Creator of Laravel Collision, Laravel Zero, and lots of other open source goodness. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Season 3 of the Laravel Podcast. I have another wonderful member of the Laravel community with me. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that I um, went out on Twitter and said, hey, I want to make sure that I've got people from various communities represented. And uh, I already have a long list of people who I want um, to interview. And uh, Nunu was actually already on that list originally. But somebody pointed out, well, you know, he actually represents at least one of the communities that you're interested. Because what I said is, like, I've gotten a lot of people from America. And, you know, there's a lot of certain areas where I've got a ton of people from. I want to make sure that the other geographic communities around the world are also represented. And so this guy came up. So I said, you know what, that's, let's take him. He's already on the list. Let's put him up at the pop, top of the list and have an, an interview. So first thing I want to do is, first of all, you're going to say who you are, what you're about. Uh, you're going to pronounce your name way better than I've been pronouncing your name. And the first question that I want you to also answer is when you meet somebody in the grocery store, how do you explain to them what it is that you do? <laughs> so, yeah, my name is Nuno Maduro. Uh, if I'm a, if I actually say to someone that is not from computer science, I would say that I work with computers. Okay, but if okay, I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically I'm a web developer. Uh, I work with Laravel daily. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Where are you from originally, and where do you live now? That is a great question because originally I am from Portugal. That is a small country in Europe, um, and. Right now, I'm living in Paris, France. So basically, I spent my whole child, childhood in Portugal, my study mm -hmm. over there. And now I'm living in Paris with my girlfriend. And yeah, that's it. Is Paris easy to live in? Um, Paris is a completely different place from Portugal. So people in Portugal are have some kind of a slower life. You know what I mean? Uh, in uh -huh. Paris, people have like speed every single day it's 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 the the, the difference is actually amazing um hmm. so in in paris you also have like a lots of transports so to go to work you actually spend one hour in transports going to work and after work you spend another hour getting home um the difference hmm. is 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 quite over there on transports of course the the salary aspect is also quite different uh, in portugal you don't have the same amount of money after 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 a month and yes, I think those are the main differences. Uh, I I don't have family in Paris, so that is also not that great. I I think. Um, did you live in a smaller city? In I mean, obviously smaller in Paris, but was it a smaller city when you were in Portugal? Or yes, so Portugal basically it has two biggest cities, Lisbon mm -hmm. and Porto. Um, in Portugal, I was I was living in Lidia, that is a smaller city. And yeah, I, I was there. I spent my old childhood on Lidia, that is mm -hmm. a, a small town in, in Portugal. Okay. Quite different and I, I, comparing to Paris, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just looked it up and the Portugal has a population of 10 million people and exactly. Paris has a population of 2.5 million people. Yeah. So <laughs> so there's definitely a little bit of a shift there. And I, I, I've, I've lived in both big and small towns in the United States. And, and even just between them, I, I notice a lot of the shifts that you're talking about. The bigger the city, faster people move, and the more time you spend in transportation a lot of times as well. Exactly. So. And the most difficult yeah. part that I had when I moved from Portugal to France was the fact that I didn't speak French at all. 
Oh so, yeah, yeah. That, so, and that was actually my next question. How, how fluent are you? How well do you speak French now? Uh, I, now I'm, I'm I speak French great. So I speak, okay. I think I speak better French than English right now. Okay. Um, right. But the beginning I was speaking English all the time, and in Paris there is not that many people that speak English. So it was difficult, but after um, three six months, uh, everything went fine because I eventually got forced to learn French. So nice. Yeah. Well, I want I want to hear these stories more, but we should start off by you know when I when I'm, I always want to make sure that before we get into your story, people know why is it that I'm talking to you, and and of course you're a very nice guy, so that you know that's one thing. But there's there's other reasons. So can you tell me a real a, a real quick kind of intro to now? I definitely know that Laravel Zero and Collision are two of the biggest ones that you're known for. Um, but are there any others? And could you give me just like a really quick pitch for each of those? Yeah, sure. So basically, uh, I spend all my t- after work. I am I consider myself an open source package creator, and obviously, um, the most noted packages I have created is Laravel Zero and Collision. Uh, Laravel Zero is kind of a micro framework for building console applications. Uh, so you can imagine Laravel for building web applications, and you can imagine uh, Lumen for building APIs, for example, and Laravel Zero is for building just console applications. So it's a very customized version of Laravel that have that specific purpose of building console apps. Uh, Collision was a package that initially I've built just for Laravel Zero. But due to the fact that Collision basically shows you beautiful errors when you are interacting with your app on the command line, uh, Taylor actually liked that package. So it got included on Laravel itself, on the framework itself. Um, So I also have uh, small other packages on my GitHub account. Um, Most of them are related to the console environment. Uh, and right now I'm working with a package called Laravel Code Analysis that I probably changed the name, but the whole point of it is actually analyze your code in searching for bugs, for mistakes on your code. Uh, people at the beginning said that it is impossible to do that, do all the magic that, on that existence on Laravel, but I think I'm gonna make it right and make it work with Laravel. <laughs> let's, nice. let's see. And you said it's. it's uh, I think I remember seeing it's based on a, a static analysis package for PHP, right? So you're exactly. not inventing it all from scratch. So you're able to just customize that just for Laravel. Yeah, basically, I'm writing extensions to make it that package make it work with Laravel, make it understand Laravel behind Very the scenes. Very cool. Um, I know that you're also involved in the Laravel Portugal uh, podcast. Are you a host, or what's your actual role there? Um. I am the host of Laravel Portugal, yes. So basically, okay. um, me I'm and my... podcast meetup. <laughs> yeah, that is a live show, a podcast, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But basically, I, every Friday, I'm, join, I'm, I'm getting to that podcast with my friends, and we talk about Laravel PHP. And sometimes we bring, actually, long-time members of the Laravel community. You already have been there. And uh-huh. Taylor as well, and it, it's great. It's I have a great time over there. That's cool. Um, are so what's your day job? You, it's alum force. Is that still where you work? Exactly. <laughs> so what what kind of stuff are you doing there? Um, um, alum force is a company that builds social networks for universities. You can see it like a small Facebook for each university. So a okay. private social network. 
And I'm working there as a backend web developer, uh, mainly with PHP, uh, Laravel, and also microservices. And yeah, I, th I think that's it. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, we have a basic understanding of what it is you do day to day, some of the things that you do that you're uh, known for. So let's get into the story of who you are, where you come from. So you were born and raised in Portugal. Um, uh, I think you said that it was called Lydia. Uh, and Lydia, I've already yeah. acknowledged to everybody that I'm terrible at pronouncing everything, so I'll already own that. Um, but so tell me a little bit about um, growing up. What was your first interaction with computers? What was your first time your first actual time using a computer and, and maybe the first time that you really started realizing that that was something that was special for you. Okay. I, I must warn you, I don't have the most beautiful story like the most of your guests, okay? Uh, <laughs> Every, everybody's story is, is interesting. Uh, not mine. Let's see. Uh, basically, I got my first computer when I was five. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. When I was five, I got my first computer, but... I can say to you that I didn't I didn't use it for programming or for coding. I was just for gaming, actually. Yeah. Um, so all my childhood. Well, what kind of games were you playing at five and six years old? Oh, those memories, man! I, I was I was playing like I I can remember like early games, but I remember that when I was like ten or twelve, I was playing Age of Empires, uh, FIFA a lot. Uh, do mm -hmm. you know FIFA, right? Uh, soccer. I, yeah. that's I, I've never played it, but I, I, I at least know the acronym. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Age of Empires. Uh, phew, I can't remember, man, but I was mainly playing games on that computer. It was the same computers for 10 years, I think. It, it was Oh, great nice. Times. That's awesome. Yeah. I just realized I call it soccer. I'm sorry. Football. <laughs> yeah. In Europe, <laughs> we call it football. So Yeah. Okay, so you 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 played games. Uh, was it was it a desktop? I assume. Yeah, a desktop exactly. Okay, so I'm Age of Empires. I've never played, but I'm trying to translate time periods. So you played a lot of video games. Was did you have computer education in school at all? Uh, no, not not at all. Only on university. Okay, so I assume you learned how to type at least playing the games and using the computer, but. When's your first actual experience doing programming, even anything as simple as building HTML or CSS? Yeah, so I can tell you that when I was 18, I wasn't actually sure about the study, what I what I wanted. But because mm -hmm. I've liked games, I pursued computer science. I know oh, it's okay. stupid, but at the time was my was my thought. So, <laughs> you uh, figured, in, hey, I like games, so why not make them? <laughs> no, I I, I I didn't know what to do actually. So I, oh, I really? went, yeah, I have to be honest, man. And at the yeah, time, yeah. I went I went to computer science, and there, when I was eighteen, nineteen, I started to work with HTML, PHP, and everything. But I must tell you that I wasn't the international geek or super talented developer. I mm -hmm. like it computers, but I think I prefer football or be with friends. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that still true today? Uh, not today, no. <laughs> okay, so what? May, when did that shift happen? Uh, that is a great question. So while I was on university, I actually started my first job. Uh, so I was doing my master master at night and have a mm -hmm. full time job at, on the day. You know. Wow. And at that time, uh, again, I did. I, I, I was making money, and that uh, that is great. But I wasn't actually passionate for computer science, for programming and for coding. And I remember that I was working on a, on a local company and I was working with Code Igniter. 
in oh, PHP. Okay. And a friend of mine, because we, we went to start a new project and I was saying, okay, another app with Code Igniter. And a friend of mine told me, why you just don't use Laravel? And I was like, what is Laravel? Is it a new programming language? Right. Is 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 a framework? I don't have any idea. And I went home, I googled it, and I eventually got redirected to Laracas. So the big turnover was with Laracas because I wasn't passionate, like I told you, but with Laracas, I was actually consuming four or five hours a day. Wow. So I was I was twenty four, twenty five. So. I was consuming Laracas like four or five hours a day, like a drug, crazy. Yeah, actually. yeah. <laughs> I was still in Portugal at that time, and yeah, I think I think I can say that Laracas was my shift. Yeah. Huh, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm glad Jeffrey Jeffrey's gonna hear that. He's gonna love that. <laughs> um, what what do you do? You think you could say something about it? That is what what made the shift happen. Was it the the style of teaching, or was it? being able to, um, you know, is there something about Laravel or something? You know, like, could you name what aspect of it that was hooking you so much? I think, I think it was the fact that everything was difficult before. And mm -hmm. when I started with Laracas, I understood that words like solid design principles, everything mm -hmm. that was complicated turns out to be easy with Laracas. Yeah. And uh -huh. I was in, in the, the knowledge that I was consuming in such a short period of time, it, it, it was crazy, honestly. Um, mm. I think I think with Laracas I found my way of learning, um, and that was super important. It was it was a big turnover, honestly. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. This episode has been brought to you by Laracas. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. This is not a sponsored episode, I promise. Um, that's really cool to hear um, that you were able to find your way of learning outside of the context of Laravel or Jeffrey or anything else like that. Just you found a way that makes sense for you to learn. Mm -hmm. So I think that you, you mentioned, you know, it, it wasn't even necessarily, you didn't say, oh, this aspect of Laravel was what, what got me, you know, most excited. So what is it that motivates you? Is it, is it, code that motivates you is it products that motivates you like in 20 years do you want to be writing code in 20 years do you want to be running a company do you want to be making products like what motivates you most about working in tech uh right now um i really like the aspect of learning so becoming better every every single day actually uh -huh. i really like that aspect i to be mm -hmm. really honest with you i also like the fact that people are using my stuff so yeah. when I, when I, that was also the main reason why I built Laravel Zero, because it's not a package, it's a framework. So people mm -hmm. will build stuff on top of it. Um, I, and I really like the feeling of people using my tools, my packages. I like the feeling of people heard about me on public speaking, for example. Mm -hmm. And that I think is the real motivation why I work hard every single mm -hmm. day. Um, what is your dream job? <laughs> uh, I don't have an answer for that, I think. Um, I think right now I'm really happy about my current job and my current situation because right yeah. now I'm doing remote work. I'm still in Paris, but doing remote work. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm really happy about the, my current situation. I, I I work eight hours a day. At the night, I have time for my own things, my packages to read. And I also go a lot doing CrossFit. Do you know CrossFit? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I'm I'm doing a lot of CrossFit at night as well. So I, I think I'm really happy about my current state. Of course, awesome. I would like to be rich, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, sure. <laughs> but the day to day experience of working the type of job you have right now is something that you really enjoy. Yeah. Exactly. That's very cool. All right, let's go back to uh, to early days. So you were five years old. You had a computer. You were playing video games. Your first exposure programming was primarily in university. Did exactly. you have any classes at all? Did you even learn typing in school? Or was there literally no tech of any sort in, in school prior to university? Prior to university, I didn't have any interaction with computers. Wow. At school. Okay. Yeah, because I, I actually, on college, I was doing like the mathematic course. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, so we didn't have actually comp access to computers at, at, at my course. So and, the only computer uh, that I interact with was my home computer, and it was for mm -hmm. gaming mainly. Yeah. Um, what age is... Because uh, I, I don't always know how every different country handles it. So at what age were you in college, and what age did you enter in university? Uh, 18. So 18 I, for college? No, 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 no. Uh, so basically, okay. to college, I think it is... 13 i think okay and and when you are 18 19 you go to university okay i i don't know if you're familiar with the american concept of high school but if you are is that similar to what college is for you or no i think so yeah okay got it makes sense all right um so you when you were in college you did specialize a little bit you said you specialized so you kind of picked a subject to focus on in college or no um uh, so i think yeah college for for me it's like high school for you so mm -hmm. at that time i was yeah it was mathematics science but i didn't like it at all as well so yeah. like i told you i didn't i wasn't the traditional geek or something yeah. like that i just preferred to be with friends so i didn't specialize in something okay something con concrete. so outside of computers outside of wait do you still play video games uh yeah a little bit <laughs> what are you into most right now uh, league of legends do you know i i know it's about superheroes right I, exactly it's yeah, really yeah. really cool so i play a lot I, of league of legends yeah i was but, into video games a lot until i moved away for um actually i played some some video games in college but uh, or in university for me but after that i haven't played anything at all so <laughs> i i hear about them through friends but and that was I'm trying to, I know I'm older than you. I don't know by how much, but when I was in college, we were playing Half-Life 2. Oh, to give context those to that. times. So. Yeah, I also <laughs> have played Half-Life 2. I probably nice. have finished the game more than once. <laughs> nice, yeah. It was great. worth it. I was, I was actually, um, when I was on high school, I actually made a lot of sports. So okay. if you type Nuno Maduro football you will find me and <laughs> i was actually doing a lot of sports at that time uh, yeah. i really like football so okay and that's uh, that's actually my next question where we're going is is uh what um outside of crossfit outside of computer programming and outside of video games what's the thing that you do that gives you the most joy in your life what do you enjoy the most oh i don't want to be <laughs> I, I think I think I really like to be with my, with my girlfriend as well. So uh -huh. the weekend, for example, I'm always with my girlfriend. Like the complete okay. weekend. weekend. Uh, yeah. Saturday and Sunday, I spend all the day with her. Uh, going to the cinema, shopping, a lot of shopping. Yeah, uh, being with my girlfriend is probably one of the things that I really like to do. Okay. 
What do you think that is the most underappreciated or under known um, aspect of writing a good application in Laravel? So what, what do you look at the Laravel community and say, if only everybody else knew this, their lives would be so much better? I think, I think the community aspect is probably one of the biggest points of Laravel. I believe that people underestimate the fact that Laravel have a lot, a great, great community. We actually mm -hmm. helps a lot of each other. I can tell you, for example, Laravel Portugal Slack. We talk every single day about. We ask for opinions, for we have questions. So on Laravel Portugal, for example, we talk about a lot of work. Um, and within international community, for example, on Twitter, I use it, it a lot as well. So I learn mm -hmm. a lot with the Laravel community. And I think it is one of the strong points of Laravel, I believe. All right. Uh, one of the things that I always do when I'm going to interview somebody in the podcast um, sorry, I asked people in the Titan Slack, um, what are some questions you want me to ask? And it's always funny because some of the people know the person I'm going to be talking to. And so they say, oh, I've always been interested in this thing. And some of the people don't. And so they just throw out random stuff. If you had to choose, would you prefer cake or pie? Uh, pie. Pie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Taking it further down the road, which pie? Uh... Uh, raspberry pie? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what you're not sure? Ra All right, so raspberry pie. Is, yeah, are you are you making? Is that is that a programmer joke? Raspberry uh, pie? Yeah, I think it. <laughs> yeah, it's a programmer joke. <laughs> but so really, if if you had a, if you had every different pie that has ever existed in the history of the planet right sitting in front of you, which one would you pick? Um. He's totally Googling pies right now to try yeah, and think, think about the different <laughs> options. <laughs> I really like chocolate, black chocolate. Okay. So, so I would probably choose, pie. yeah, yeah. I'd probably choose like a black chocolate pie, I Wait, think. Wait, black chocolate? Yeah. The only time I've ever heard black and chocolate in the same term is when they're talking about like uh, German. Is that what you're, the type you're talking about? I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it exists on states. I believe so. But we there is different types of chocolate. So you have like the most, the most. Oh, uh, oh, oh. So, so you mean like uh, less milk, more exactly, dark. Exactly, exactly. Okay, yeah, we call it dark chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, dark chocolate. Got it. Okay. All right, so a dark chocolate pie. Okay. <laughs> I um. Have you ever had pecan pie? I think it's probably a very American thing. Ever heard about so, it? So do you know what a pecan is? Nope. It's a nut. P-E-C-A-N. Yeah, go Google that. So I, I'm i from a place in America where they don't have those. And I moved for school to a place, the, the south, where they do have them. And I, I live very close to where they all are. And they make this pie that is essentially just like sugar yeah. and some kind of gelatin and then pecans and, and then the crust. And that's basically the whole thing. I don't even know what's suspended in corn syrup or something like that. And you're just basically eating like pecan flavored sugar mush. And it is one of the greatest things I've ever had in my entire life. So if you ever get a chance to try that, you should. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to save it, man, to show it to my girlfriend. Okay. Maybe. Very nice. 
All right, uh, more questions for you. Next question for you is, what advice do you wish you had gotten when you first got started programming? And what advice would you share with new developers today? Um, the same question. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I think the, the most important thing to new developers is definitely find your way of learning. Um, because it was the turnover for me. And I think if I knew, I, if I knew that earlier in my early days, I mm -hmm. will be even better right now. Hmm. Another thing that I considered also super important is the fact that you should open your, expose yourself to criticism. And hmm. for, I can give you an example of open source, for example, the, due to the fact that you do open source, you are actually exposing implementations, exposing your array of coding, and you are actually receiving uh, criticism for free. You know, you are right. understanding what are your weakest points for free um, and you can evolve really quickly doing open source. So I think, yeah, find you, your way of learning and also expose yourself to criticism is mm -hmm. two key points of, uh, of being a better developer. That's good stuff. I like that. What, what prompted you to move to Paris? Uh, great question. Uh, so at the time, actually, my, my girlfriend, he, he, she is French. Okay. Okay. Um, she well, was in Portugal. Yeah, she was in Portugal with me, but she always liked France. And okay. and when I was in Portugal, I I had the feeling that I had to move to a bigger town, because mm -hmm. I was I was a software developer, uh, and after my first job, I I had the need actually of m moving to a first to a big town. And m since my girlfriend really liked Paris, and I had that that need, we chose it Paris. Because of that Got reason, it. yeah, yeah, that you was wanted to be the, somewhere the big, and she wanted to be back in France, and it was kind of a good spot for both. Exactly, that it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm writing hmm. Paris uh, for three years, three years now. Okay. So it's funny because I know you live in Paris, and a lot of my questions are there, but I also am sort of interviewing you as a representative of Laravel Portugal. So I also got some questions there. <laughs> Let Let's say. For at least for Americans, I don't think this is probably true for most Europeans. For a lot of Americans, we know about Portugal most either because of soccer or football, yeah. or honestly because there's a big uh, there's a lot of overlap between American and Brazilian cultures. There's a lot of Brazilians in the U.S. and our, our economies and cultures are often very similar, and so we we learn about Brazilian Portuguese. And obviously, that's just a language, and it's not even necessarily exactly the same language. Um, so let's assume that people who are listening don't know much about Portugal, about the people, the culture, the food, the country. If someone were to visit Portugal, where should they go? What should they see? What should they experience? What would you want them to know? Prepare someone to go. First of all, prepare them. And second of all, sell them. Why should someone come to Portugal? Tell me about it. Yeah. So I have to say that I, I really love Portugal. So every time I'm, I'm in vacations, I go to Portugal. Yeah, most, yeah. Most of because of my family, of course, but basically because I really like the country itself. So starting things off by the food, the food is just, is just crazy. Everything is like homemade, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's really, really good. And in each small town in Portugal have his own way of doing food. So you can basically pick your car and and eat 
different stuff every single town that is okay. that is really great something that i really like as well is the beach so portugal is near the ocean and you have beach all the time uh very so nice yeah very very nice the weather is also is also magical um yeah so in summer for example i'm always on the south of portugal uh, everything is not expensive and i really enjoy those moments to be honest huh uh, also, the people, the people have a, like I told you at the beginning, people have a slower life. I don't know mm -hmm. if if this represents what I am exactly trying to say, but people uh, are not that depressed, for example, comparing to Paris. You know what I mean? Not mm -hmm. that stressed. Um, mm -hmm. So that is also really good cool because people are all are all the time smiling, for example. And I don't have that in Paris. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah. Do do you get the sense that people in Europe understand that Lisbon's like a or that Portugal's a, a nice vacation destination? Uh, yes, more and more to be honest. Uh, so yeah. pe people are actually trying to go to Portugal when vacations comes up, uh, just to go to the um, to the price of going to to states come from states to 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 Portugal. I remember mm -hmm. that I I checked the prices to go to Laracon US, and the price of the tickets. Just for the plane itself, it was two thousand euros. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was super expensive, man. And I was like, I just, I just can't afford this. The co the conference yeah. ticket it was the le the last. It was the cheapest. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. being there and the price of the tickets was the most expensive. Yeah, I mean, for Americans, I know a lot of what we do is you you save up for a long time and then you you pay for that expensive ticket and then you stay in, stay in Europe as long as you can and just go go see everything around there because once you pay to get over the ocean, you don't want to have to do that too often. So When was your last time on Laracon EU? Uh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it was... I, so I wanted to go this year and it overlaps with my son's birthday. I wanted to go yeah. last year and I think it also overlapped with my son's birthday. So maybe the year... So this is 2018, 20, so maybe 2016, but I'm not, I'm not actually 100% sure. That's a really good question. It's been a while. Anyway, so, did, I mean, did, did you enjoy it? Oh, Laracon, oh, it's amazing. Amsterdam yeah. is beautiful. Sean knows how to throw... Sean and company, they know how to throw a really incredible conference. And yeah. I got to meet so many people that I'd known just over Twitter. And Laracon EU was actually the first Laracon I ever spoke at. So my first conference I ever spoke at was PeersConf in the U.S., and then soon after that, Sean gave me a spot being the opening talk at Laracon AU, even oh, though I'd never spoken into Laracon before. And I, I have a lot of love for Laracon AU, and every year that I miss it is a, is a sad year for me. Yeah, and, and so. Amsterdam is beautiful. Anyway, oh my Laracon gosh, Amsterdam is amazing. Yeah, Laracon AU is moving next year. It is it. Yeah. That makes me kind of sad because I love Amsterdam, but I'm sure it's a good <laughs> thing so they can kind of try a new place. Have they decided yeah. where yet? It's a nice opportunity to visit another places in Europe. Uh, no, I think sure. Shaw have made a pool on Twitter or something like that. Oh, okay. So he is eventually deciding another very, place very to go. Cool. Yeah, I uh, I have very little interaction on Twitter these days. I'm hoping that will change <laughs> soon enough. But All right, so since we're getting long on time, I want to see, are there any things that you wanted to have the opportunity to talk to people about, to share about, um, that you wanted to make sure we covered today? Uh, so yeah, basically I'm working on the new package that I, I think I told in the beginning of the episode uh, Call it Laravel Code Analyze So mm -hmm. that package will probably have another name But the whole point of it is actually detect uh, bugs and mistakes on your code And I think it will be a really kicker for Laravel 
because mm -hmm. you can integrate that on your continuous integration, for example, and it returns like the exit code will be green or red if you have mistakes or not. Uh, so I think that package will be uh, really, really great, and I can't wait to realize it. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I saw you tweeting about it a little bit, and I got excited. I mean, anything that allows us to, to have less problems in our code is great, but this almost seems like it comes for free because it's yeah. not even like writing tests. It's just static analysis, and exactly. so I'm very, very excited to see what you do with and it, he, and I'll, I'll make sure to put even, show links. Yeah, it goes even deeper than PHP Storm, for example. People are used, used to compare that with PHP Storm because PHP Storm itself has some static analysis, but mm -hmm. it's not even compared. So it compare it will show up every single mistake on your code. It's, it's just great. Very cool. I'm very, very excited to see it. <laughs> so if uh, people... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I have a suggestion, actually. I, I would like to ask you when you will be um, the guy on this side. Because I think, oh, when am I going to get interviewed? Yeah, because I think <laughs> since the beginning of this of this season, or actually all seasons, you never got to have the opportunity of being interviewed. So we hmm. we we don't know as much of your backstory. So I think it's a good <laughs> it's a good well, suggestion. Thank you. No? A, few, a few people have asked that. I think the biggest question is I just got to figure out who's willing to do it. I mean, I've I've said for a long time that I think that Adam is one of my favorite podcasters of all time. Um, so I might have to just kind of see if I can kind of twist his arm into doing that for me one day. So thank yeah. you for bringing it up. I, I, it, I, I will, I'm, I will be in the hot seat one day. Um, it's <laughs> a good reminder. So, <laughs> um, so is there anything else you want to talk about today or do you feel like we covered most of what's on your brain right now? Yeah, I think we covered the most. Well, this is a ton of fun. I really appreciate you spending some time to talk to me about your packages and also about your your story a little bit. And you said you didn't have an interesting story, but I think that I think that if everybody tells the same story, it would get boring. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, if I just interviewed twenty people and every single one of them said I got a computer at thirteen that I bought, you know, even Neo's story, which was one of the most interesting ones I've ever heard, if everybody said that same story, it'd be boring. So I love it. I love hearing different ways about people. And I mean, I I don't know a lot of people who are programming today who had a computer at five. I think that's pretty <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, so thanks for sharing all that anyway. stuff. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's a computer still. So yeah. thank you for sharing all this. So if people want to follow you, what's the best way to follow you? On Twitter. All right. And what's your Twitter handle? Just say it out loud. Uh, let me. <laughs> you got to remember your own Twitter handle. Yeah. You just type Nuno Maduro it's, on it's search. It's Nuno Maduro, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I like the way you say it a lot better just because it kind of rolls off the tongue like Nuno Maduro. Nuno Maduro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Nuno, thank you so much for your time. It was a total pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having me.